Unlike our review of Goldie, this is what a tragic coming-of-age story can look and feel like when Black people are involved behind the scenes. 100% agree. Thanks for letting me do an open sit. (laughs) That was good. Thank you. What we watched this week? This week, we tuned into Night Comes On, available to stream on Netflix, directed by Jordan Spiro. Written by Angelica Nwandu. Shout out to the Shea Room. And starring Dominique Fishback and Tatum Marilyn Hall. All right, let's start the show. The new Chitlin Circuit. Welcome back to the new Chitlin Circuit, the only podcast dedicated to Black Indies only. My name is Lex. And I'm Sid. And each week we review a black independent or low budget movie just for y'all. All All right. Y'all know the drill. We're going to kick it off with our 60 second challenge. And we're going to switch it up because you know what? We got got a really cool sponsor for you this week. I mean, it's crazy. It's you. Oh my God. Thank you so much for tuning in every single Monday to support our show. Uh, we really appreciate it. And if you are so moved, please leave a five-star review and a comment on Apple Podcast. All right. Alexis, are you ready to explain the plot of Night Comes On in 60 Seconds or Less? Yes. Okay. Let's go. All right. There's a troubled 18-year-old named Angel who just got out of juvie. Um, has a long rap sheet and a troubled childhood. Her father um, was abusive and killed her mother. Terrible. Mm. She has a younger sister named Abby who's also in the system. And when Angel gets out of juvie, she has one thing on her mind. And that is is getting revenge on her father. And in in the most tragic of ways. She is ready to kill this nigga. Mm-hmm. And she goes on this journey to try and acquire the the weaponry she needs and find and locate him. But along the way, um she kind of relearns and finds a zest for life and a new reason to not throw her life away for, over this. Um she finds that in, you know, average people existing and also in her younger sister. And yeah. That is Night comes on. The clock just went off. <laughs> Woo! Okay. okay. Nice. Okay. And that Ooh. was great. My heart's beating fast I'm because I went over the other week. <laughs> you did. That's what I'm saying. This is like Family Feud. You got two more exes before the other family can steal. So. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what, why do black people like Family Feud so much? <laughs> Steve Harvey. Who was the host before Steve? I don't remember watching Family Feud before Steve got on there. We <laughs> did. Black people love Family Feud and Wheel of Fortune. Like, you cannot tell us nothing about Vanna White. Like, <laughs> oh, see. <laughs> anyway, yes, it's like Family Feud. But <laughs> now that you guys all know what happened in the movie and where you can watch it, you know, uh, we're going to get into our general thoughts on it. Sydney, what did you think of Night Comes On? How, like, did this movie take you there? Was you feeling it? Was you not? Mm-hmm. I'm going to let the record show that um, Mother Nature do got a girl down right now. So I am emotional. And this did not do, 
you know, this really took me on an emotional journey. And um, I did shed a tear. I'll get to the scene where I did shed some tears. But my overall thoughts on this movie is this was art. Like, I mean, it. this was really just good art. And I'm excited to talk about it. What did you think? Girl, I cut this on about five minutes into it. I said, no, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> This a movie movie. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Ooh, wait a minute now. <laughs> y'all working with something. Let me see what y'all got. Yes. And I wasn't, like, I I knew the movie was good, but, like, the story was, um, it was a lot. And I wasn't sure what you would feel mm-hmm. about it. So that's why I was so excited to talk about it because I didn't know which way it was going to go. But it seems like you liked it. And I I definitely really liked this movie. Um, not in terms of like enjoying the tragedies that occur, but right. just the storytelling and, and the, the feel and aesthetic of the movie as well. It was it was really good. I got to say. Agreed. All right. So look. We're going to get into some of these specific scenes and, and walk through what happened in the movie. If if you're the type of listener, the type of person who wants to watch the movie first, I really recommend you hit pause, go watch it, and come on back because we're going to be right here waiting for you. Hello. <laughs> All right. So let's get right on into it. Here at the New Chitlin Circuit, we like to start with the, with the first scene, the opening scene. Mm-hmm. The movie opens up with... Um, kind of like a spoken word like narration from An- from Angel. I keep wanting to call her yeah. Angie. <laughs> from Angel. <laughs> she kind of looks like a like her nickname would be Angie though. But like she kind of hard so I wouldn't try to call her Angie, you know? Yeah, I would not try yeah. it. Uh, <laughs> it opens up with Angel telling this um like story about something that her mom would say to her. And at this point we don't know that her mom's dead. Uh, mm-hmm. And we certainly don't know the circumstances under which that occurred. And the the thing that her mom told her is that, you know, if you close your eyes hard enough, the sound of cars driving by on the street, they lived on a busy street, sounds like Mm -hmm. the ocean. It sounds like ocean waves. And at first, I thought that was cute. But the reason I'm bringing it up now is because it was such Uh an important motif in the whole movie. Like the theme kept coming back. So where were you? Like, because you know me, when I hear narration, sometimes I think it's like a little corny or something. But I I really like this one. (laughs) Look, you know how I I enjoy um, reciting and making fun of spoken word. So I'm always wanting to listen to a moment to see if I can recreate that later down the line, you know, when it's time for me to do a monologue on the show. So I was all Hmm. in. I use it for professional purposes. Oh, well, I just Mm -hmm. have to quick note as your friend and co-host, there's never a time where you have to do (laughs) a monologue on the show. I just want you, you make those times. Those times are never scheduled. (laughs) I think they're requested. Mm, Okay. Uh, Listeners, you hit us up and you let us know. (laughs) Well, you let Sydney know um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) if you guys are requesting those spoken word monologues. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. But this is this 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 spoken word starts us like really drops us right into the story. And yeah. my note there is I immediately cared about this character. Like I immediately cared about what Angel was up to or like what was going on with her. Same. And 
I'm glad that you brought up Goldie at the beginning of the episode because like even Goldie was also a very tragic story, but it was a lot of filler, you know, in like the first like five minutes of just like nothingness or something, things that didn't really matter before we really dropped dead into figuring out who this character is and who she was. And the writer in this didn't waste no time and we got straight to it. Angel is this deep girl who has been through a lot and we are dropped right into her life immediately. And I appreciated mm-hmm. that. Like there was no bullshit. Yeah. And when it got to there, so we open up after this narration stops and it's kind of a flashback of her mom, like holding her as a child and also mm-hmm. her father. And you can see her mom's like um, pregnant with her younger sister at the time. Yep. And so once that's over, you know, dream's done and we we see that <laughs> Angel is actually in a juvenile detention center and yeah. it looks bleak, you know? Oof. At this point, I had to look up and see if the writer was black because I said, this is very important to how the rest of the story goes because I said, okay, exact same. if we going to get into it, because I can tell this is going to be full of trauma and a lot of bad circumstances. If we're going to get into this with this black girl, I I would at least appreciate a black writer. And I was yeah. glad that that's the case. So Precisely. Because you, you know that's what we care about here at the New yeah. Chitlin Circuit. If you're going to yeah. do a coming of age story, you better do it right. Um, right. <laughs> in this, this first part of the movie also is when I said that, oh, this is a movie movie because the cinematography mm-hmm. was so on point. There's this shot where she's like in the like prison shower, but she's kind of like her image is contained to the little window. Very like mm. artistic and also just very like it looks like she's in a box. She's confined. It's just very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. Yeah. Shout out to the director. Made some good decisions throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Uh, Jordana made a lot of really good decisions. I ain't going to front on you. I ain't going to front on you, Jordana. You kind of did yeah. that. Because, you did. Because like... it, it wasn't just that the DP was good, too. It was like, like you said, the director was very good in the way that the movie um like gave information about Angel's situation was very mm-hmm. good. It wasn't like big exposition dumps or like it. The, the story just kept moving. It was good. Right. Right. Shout out to mm-hmm. you. So, yeah. And yeah, let's, let's take it on from here. We see what she's in. She's just got out of juvie and that looks bleak as hell. Cause they give they you a do. couple dollars, give you a bus pass and send you on your way. You ain't got no ID and they, mm-hmm. they know she ain't got nowhere to go for real. And they let her go anyway. She's 18 years That's old. That's crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to bring up um, right after this scene when she gets... I didn't catch what city she was in. She was in Philly? Philly. Is that where she yeah. was at? She was in Philly. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was like, I wasn't quite sure but um so after she like gets out of juvie and she's trying to get her phone charged because that's like one of the only possessions she had on her when she was arrested um and they give it back but of course it's dead because she's been in juvie for however long um and she's going around these different stores and like city center and trying to get her phone charged people are being assholes about it because people suck but i just want to shout out real quick Angel, aka Poppy from Pose, because he was in the movie for like 30 seconds. He had no speaking parts, but he's credited (laughs) on the cast bill, and I'm a fan. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to give him a shout out. He was standing back there looking cute. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know you're in a relationship. I respect Miss Janet, but I'm just saying, (laughs) hello. 
Whoa, that was the slickest like shoot your shot you've ever done. Usually you 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 trump it up with some fanfare. I didn't even know. I didn't even realize where you was taking me. Okay. See? Well, please hit up Sydney <laughs> about this. Only if you single though. If if look, if you and Janice still got a thing going, I respect that. So keep that going. Thank you, Sydney, for respecting Mm -hmm. that. (laughs) So, yeah, Angel is struggling to get this phone charged in the city, and that's very city stuff. Like, when you walk into a store asking for something, they don't know. You you come in, and you buy stuff, and you leave. That's what they want. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Yeah. Not even conversation. Not at all. Um, And so the next note I have from the scene, because at this point, not only do we not know yet that her father is the one who's responsible for her mother's death. We mm-hmm. also don't, because we don't know that, we don't know what her mission really is yet. We we learn right. it just in time. But at this point, I'm like, all right, maybe she's just trying to get out. They said she got a girlfriend, so maybe she's just trying to go see her or something. Right, right. But no, she goes to this guy Marcus's house is the next scene. And <laughs> this it's good writing because I... I was delightfully um, in the dark. <laughs> and my first bullet yeah. point there is, oh, nice. She's going to stay with her friend's dad. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, this guy's mm. the father of her cellmate. And a goddamn creep. That's what he and is. And a goddamn creep. Uh, I didn't see that mm. coming because I just be hoping for good stuff in my heart. <laughs> so Same. the reason she's at Marcus's house is not. Um, to stay there. It's not uh, to come mm-hmm. and get a care package or something. No. Right. She's there to buy a gun. She need, And my note says, what she need with a blicky? Because <laughs> <laughs> so I, I said she, my note says she bought a blicky with three uh, question marks. So, oh. You, but she you really, wrote blicky too? <laughs> I did. But she really so trying connected. to get like, she getting a big gun now because he had like a semi-automatic something. I said, oh my God, look, mm-hmm. girl, what are you trying to do? Are you doing a a drive-by? Like, what the hell? Yeah, she picks up a Uzi. She picks up a shotgun, <laughs> which are, those are really more like blammies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Blicky was a little one that she had, though, the little revolver. Yeah, yeah, she settled on the Blicky. She went for the blammy, though. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm, all of this is happening fast. And then my next note is $150 for a firearm? America needs to get it together. <laughs> this place is crazy. Crazy. You can get a gun for $100. $100. How much is the iPhone? $1,000? Yes. Girl, you can't even get a pair of Tims for $100. You sure can't. That's, <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> so, yeah. And then he got nasty. And mm. a part of me, so at this point, I was like, you wait a damn minute. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you know me. I don't want to see no black girl get hurt on the screen. I don't need nope. to see that. Nope. So I'm like, why I need to see this? <laughs> like, why is right. this here? Right. And I give partial forgiveness to the director for making that choice. Here's why. And you know I'm not in the business of forgiving white women for stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to hear this. <laughs> Here's why. I'm not going to defend it because if if... If I were just to close my eyes and open them and I was in the cutting room, if I was in the editor's room of, right, of right. this movie post-production, I would not vote to put it in there. But mm-hmm. since it's already there and the movie's out and I, we watched it, the, I think it was okay to have it there because it wasn't the most vulgar um, 
assault that we could have seen on screen because things mm-hmm. get bad frequently. There was no yeah. nudity. Um, right. And I think that the information passed in that scene to me, the information passed to me, the viewer was mm-hmm. about Angel's disposition. It's clear that mm. this has happened before and that men expect these things from her. And yeah. that's like, she's fully unfazed. Cause by she it. seemed like very hardened. Like, and what I did like about the director's choice again here was her choosing to like zoom in on, uh, Angel's face during the scene mm-hmm. and like the guy Max, even though he's being like ridiculous, but we don't really see much, you know, under like her neck, but we understand what he's trying to do, which is just mm-hmm. enough. That's all I get it. So that was good on her part, but you really just see Angel like hardening up, like, all right, get this shit over with so I can get my gun and go. Cause I'm just trying yeah. to, I got shit to do. That's a really yeah. good call out. Cause I think it was on purpose. There the the gripe that I have with showing that type of trauma and pain on screen is that frequently it don't be no purpose. Like, mm-hmm. like the story don't need it. But I think this story needed something of the sort, something high stakes for us to see just how determined she is to go on this quest and finish yeah. her mission. This yeah. doesn't matter to her. And um, a number of other things that we'll discuss later in the movie mm-hmm. didn't matter to her because she was aware that going to commit this murder was the end of yeah. her life. Like she was ready to go down for it. She didn't care. You know? <laughs> Don't, yeah. Do what you, you know? want. I'm about, I'm about to kill a nigga and then we we going to move on from there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. she she gets the well she begins the process of getting the gun. She has to uh finish this terrible gross payment to him uh later mm-hmm. on in the movie to get the gun. But she then goes to see little Abby, her sister. Fave. <laughs> Absolute fave. My first bullet point. Because when we cut to see Abby, we see she's 10 years old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we cut to her and we see her uh, passing joints <laughs> with her friends in the group with home. And my first note on Abby is, I could tell she a writer. Little sisters yep. unite. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Abby's a real one. Oh no, she's. I'm gonna enjoy seeing what she brings to the movie because she have me like ready to watch. Wait, what is this little girl doing? Is she smoking a joint? Wait a minute, but she's so confident. Wait a minute, how old are you? (laughs) There's a lot of that. (laughs) Little Abby, like I just felt so good because I, I'm a little sister, so I just like good representation of us on screen. (laughs) Big sisters get everything. Sure, if you say so. <laughs> Sorry to the middle child, like to the middle sisters out there, the middle children who feel forgotten because we forgetting you here. <laughs> the forgotten child of the universe, CBI. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. Now the first part of this quest that Angel is on. Mm-hmm. First off, she need to get the gun. She started that process, and she need to find this nigga. Because yeah. she finds out he just got out of jail. They paroled him, or they actually, he appealed and got off got on out. murdering yeah. her mama. Crazy. 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 And they said it wasn't enough evidence, but we're getting these flashbacks that clearly are haunting Angel. Of, right. Like, her mom, like, laid out in the bathroom because, oh. like, their dad killed her while killed. they were there. Yeah. And not even, like as if he didn't have a pattern of abuse prior to murdering his wife. He had already been, you know, putting his hands on her. 
as they say. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he guilty. Keep his ass in jail. Well, another here's the the background character of this movie is America, and mm-hmm. she <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> like the justice system literally do not care about real crimes, bro. <laughs> like they don't. If you're stealing and selling weed on your ass, you kill mm-hmm. your wife. Let's talk about it. Right. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> How do you feel today? You you feeling better about it? Yeah. All right, man. You know, get back out there. <laughs> Just don't go that far next time. Like, is that's absolutely crazy. And at that point, I'm starting to, I cannot even, there's no way I could relate more to another character other than like, not relate, but empathize to, to yeah, Angel. Yeah, yeah, Because I'm literally, I'm in, I'm like, fuck this nigga. <laughs> right, right. Where he at? <laughs> but at this point, when she meets up with Abby, that's when you realize her mission was to kill her father? Because I didn't realize until way later. Like, it, it took me... Uh, towards the end of the movie when she shows, like, after she um, leaves Abby on a bus, I say, wait a minute, okay, so you're going somewhere, I don't know where, and then she shows up at this nigga house, and I see her hand in her purse where her gun is at, and I said, oh, she about to kill him. It didn't clock for you when she bought a one-way ticket? (laughs) No, I assume, Alex, I really, it didn't click for me. I thought she was looking for a place to stay, because she didn't have nowhere to go, so she bought a one-way ticket. (laughs) I, I saw it in her eyes. I, <laughs> as soon as the first flashback of her mom like came up on the screen, I was like, oh, she going to end this nigga. <laughs> She's, oh, this nigga's see? going night-night. Night-night. <laughs> <laughs> so she that. needs his location. Her PO won't give it to her because her PO clearly clocks it too. And he's like, I can't mm-hmm. give you that. This is the man who gives your mom. Yeah. So she has to go to Abby. See, I thought he didn't give it to her because he was dangerous. Like, you know, he's a dangerous man. Why would I put you in like harm's way? That kind oh, of thing. Oh, Sydney. Yeah. Oh, I just love having another perspective here because you know me. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's look at you, look what y'all get. <laughs> wow, Sydney. Every day, a thankful co-host yeah. with you. That's an interesting take on it because that's, that's also what I true. Thought. <laughs> yeah. Like this man is a murderer. Why would I like? She's already having a rough enough time, like trying to get out of jail and figure out her life. She don't got nowhere to go. I'm not gonna give her the address of her murderer's father. And get her mm-hmm. caught up. That's what I thought. I thought he was looking out for a young sister. Oh, nothing about that man seemed caring to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Well, so she has to go to plan B to get his address, mm-hmm. to get her dad's address. She has to go to Abby's little um, group home and see Abby's file because surely his address would be in there. Right. Now, before we get to the next part of the quest, I want to say one little thing about Miss Abby. <laughs> <laughs> When Angel first comes into the backyard of the group home where Abby's smoking weed Mm -hmm. and um, the kids are like, oh, shit, who's that? (laughs) And they start talking to each other. (laughs) (laughs) Then Abby says, it's my it's my big sister, stupid. And like, number one, I'm I'm a little sister, so I'm. Very familiar with that. Like, <laughs> it's just my big sister. Y'all, y'all lame. She cool, we gone. Like, <laughs> yeah. But so one of the kids goes, oh, this is your big sister. She's going to adopt you. You said she's going to adopt you when she gets out. And Abby's like, stop. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever. Like, stop it. Right. But then Angel says, yeah, I am. As soon as I get it together, I am. And then the the camera zooms in on Abby's tiny little hand. Grip and like, hearts. she grabs Angel's hands. And they're like, it's this girl. It was brutal. <laughs> it was just this little tender moment. And that is what I'm talking about. 
that was missing from Goldie. There wasn't no yes. tenderness or care. And like Mm-mm. when you put stuff like, because no matter how hard somebody's life is, there's always humans have an impeccable ability to find a little bit of humanity mm-hmm. and care in any situation. And you can't leave that out. And I just really appreciated that. That was my next, my favorite part of her first meetup with Abby. One I said, because Abby's clearly that girl, obviously. And part two was, I mean, it was it was a perfect scene, so like shot selection, because like you just, you can't, I, sure you could write that in the script, like, and then Angel puts her arm around her and Abby grabs her hand, but it's like, that's acting right there, because it was timed mm-hmm. perfectly. It was, I mean, we get, it's for five seconds, we just see Abby like, holding on to some like warmth and love in her life because she ain't had none for majority of it because she's been in this group home since her father murdered her mother and that was years ago she was like a a baby or something so that was beautiful and that's when I first teared up that's the the first time (laughs) that was the first time when I like full out cried was later on and we can get to that (laughs) I just think that's amazing how like I just think filmmaking's amazing because it really takes collaborate. The writer gotta gotta write that it's a tender moment. They can't specify mm-hmm. this hand holding thing. Then right. the director has to get the actors to do that. The actors have to have chemistry and talent to do that. Yeah. And the editor has to put that in at the right beat, at the right pace. Ooh. That's just that much collaboration is just really they did it. That's art. That's why I said <laughs> they this did is it art here. right here. <laughs> this is good. Look, I've been I'm a I'm gonna step back because I'm tearing up a little bit. Just thinking about it. <laughs> you take <laughs> take us where we're going next in the film. Uh, let's yeah. <laughs> so um, you know, Abby and Angel are finally you know uh getting back together, catching up, all that good stuff. And you know, Angel is trying to figure out where their daddy stay, where he at. Abby's like, look, I saw him recently. I got the address. If I saw the bus or the sign from the bus, I can show you how to get there. So you know, fast forward a little bit. Um, in between that. Angel needs a place to stay, obviously. And she does go to visit her uh, girlfriend, who she'd been, like, blowing up her phone all day, but sis don't got no more minutes, so she couldn't answer. <laughs> that, um, <laughs> their interaction, I thought, uh, one, it showed how detached I feel like Angel is from certain, like, people or, like, things in relationships. Because, um, you know, th- the girlfriend has some empathy for Angel. She's like, look, I know you've been locked up for X amount of time. And you can stay with me, but I need you to be vulnerable a little bit. Like, tell me what's going on. What do you need? Obviously, now it makes sense. Angel can't tell her I'm about to kill my daddy. So that's why she kind of snaps on her. Um, Because at first I was like, dang, Angel, she's just trying to help you. But see, now it clicks. Um, (laughs) But Angel got to sleep on like a bathroom floor somewhere. And it was giving real um, pursuit of happiness when Will Smith Mm -hmm. foot is up against the door and holding little Jaden. And you get that one teardrop. That was it was it was a lot of that in that scene. And it was it was quick and fleeting, but you get the point. Like her life is really, really hard and she got one more thing to do tomorrow and it's gonna get worse if she goes through with it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. man. Also, R.I.P. to the days of like you remember when a Will Smith movie meant like, oh, we're gonna go see some high art. <laughs> 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 anyway, I can't believe he mm-hmm. did this to us. But <laughs> Oh, Willard. Yeah. Yeah. I had a, I had the exact same note about the girlfriend. I said that it was great at capturing how somebody in Angel's situation would be avoidant and detached. There is simply no easy way 
for someone who's been through that much trauma to make genuine connections with other humans. It's right. like, it would be really weird if the if the movie didn't put that in. I, so I really appreciated that too. And the girlfriend was sweet. She wanted to try and help, but I mean, Angel had her mind set on, on this quest. <laughs> yeah. This so she's like, look, you trying to chat and ask me how I'm doing and what I'm feeling. I'm feeling like killing somebody, but I can't mm-hmm. tell you that because now you're an accessory or you're going to try and stop me. And I don't yeah. want either to happen. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Like Gucci Man said, you either with me or against me or you're in my way. <laughs> wow. A prophet. That was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. <laughs> look. So from there, you know, she goes, she gets the gun, and we also see, like, the determination really sets in at that point. Mm-hmm. You know. And Abby now, uh, she has to meet back up with Abby to get on this fucking bus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love little Abby. <laughs> me too. I thought, because it made me think of myself at, like, 10 and 11 years old, and I clearly, like, I had no idea what was going on in the world for real. I was still playing, like, Brat dolls when I was 10 and 11. So, like, my, like, worldview was that and the Disney Channel for the most part, right? But, like, <laughs> Lil' Abby, she was she was cool, but she also, she knew so much about life already. So, it made her character so interesting. And I wanted to hear everything she had to say. I loved her. This is also where I'm going to take a chance to shit on Goldie again. Mm. <laughs> Goldie... Played by Slick Woods. This is an interesting... If you guys didn't hear this episode, I recommend... If you watch this movie, go and watch Goldie. Because you will see where things can break down in a movie like this. And one Mm -hmm. of the biggest failures of Goldie was that... Goldie's little sisters, in a very similar situation, Goldie had to try and figure out... Like, she was on a quest and also had to deal with her little sisters. Mm -hmm. The little sisters had no personality. No character at all. They barely talked. And it was a missed opportunity because here in this story, what is so great about it is that um, one of the writing teachers that I watch on YouTube taught me this. Uh-huh. You want to give your character a, a, a belief, something that motivates them throughout the whole movie. Mm. The belief in Angel's mind is that none of this life shit is worth it. I've seen it. I've tried it. I cannot do it because I just was not born in a life where I could do that. So I'm going to throw it away. And Abby's... Right. Abby's like worldview is what really drives this movie is because Abby has somehow through all this trauma, she has experienced the same things that Angel has experienced. Yeah. <laughs> all of that still finds a will to laugh, a will to socialize mm-hmm. because any, a normal 10 year old in this circumstance wouldn't talk to anybody ever. Yeah. Everywhere they went, Abby was making conversation with somebody. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey girl, hey, let's play mash. Hey, let's- right. <laughs> So I want to be so a rocket sociable. scientist. Like she was, <laughs> <laughs> she was so good. Shout out to uh, the actress again who played Abby Tatum. You did that because dang, that she was good. Did that <laughs> like, and it was just so like, it's what made this movie so good that you need that balance. And if without that balance, Angel would have gone in this quest, and then we wouldn't even be sure like. If her belief, if her core belief had changed or not, because there'd be right. no like, like barometer to measure it against. Little Abby mm-hmm. is like the heartbeat of this movie. And I love it. <laughs> I love that. Oh, that's good. She's the heartbeat. That's like perfect. Yeah, she really right? was. 
So then she just stabs at my little heart again because they get Ugh. off the bus at a rest stop and little Abby's period comes. <laughs> that is <Yeah>. so terrible. <laughs> and that's what I put, oh my God, ain't nothing more traumatic than getting your period for the first time because you don't know what the hell. Like, why? Why today? What? What is all of this mess? <laughs> why would you? Like, What? Sydney, I said oh. the same exact thing. And I can't imagine my first period having come in public. Ooh. That far away from my, like, house. I can't imagine. Yeah. I was at home when my first same. period started. <laughs> I can't imagine if I was at school or let alone on a damn coach bus. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I was at home and still freaked out. I mean, I thought I was dying, but that's just because I was dramatic. But I really thought my <laughs> life was over. Because why would that happen? <laughs> oh, Sydney, that's fair. I... Once again, I have older sisters, so I've been oh, around see. tampons and pads my whole life, and just I knew what it was about. I just Mm-mm. I was not pleased that it was happening to me. I guess I thought I was exempt for some <laughs> like right. it was very shocking that it started for me too. <laughs> for you like, too, yeah. Because I remember <laughs> we did the whole um, they my mom put us in like the firm bank, you know, you and your body class, yeah. and we got the books and all the good stuff too. And I read it all, but I think I got to in the scientific weeds of like you know what happens, you know, so your uterus and then yeah. I said, oh, okay. So that's cool how that happens inside the body. But I didn't realize that I would see and mm-hmm. feel things every month. And when it happened, I said, oh, my God. Because I watched too much TV, too. I said, I'm losing too much blood. This is it. Oh, my God. I'm going to die. <laughs> oh, shit, Sydney. Yeah. I bad. do agree. Those books need to be, like, put the science in the back pages but the front pages need to be real stuff. I don't need to know about my uterine lining. I need right. to know that I can't wear white pants. And that, right. <laughs> and that sneezing is going to be traumatic. Traumatic. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Ooh, I need to know yeah. that my titties are going to weigh a ton for the week mm-hmm. leading up to. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I need to know that information. I don't need the why. I need the what. Right. You thought you had a stomachache before because you had some cheese and you lactose intolerant. But no, sis, you're going to have a stomach ache for three days. So you need to prepare. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what they should talk about in those books. Not the damn uh, fallopian tubes. I don't right, care about okay. no Filipino tubes. <laughs> they up there. Okay, cool. Well. So little Abby is having what I would consider the worst day of her preteen life. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Agreed. And this makes them miss the bus. And you Mm. know what I love? You know, I love some good cause and effect in the plot because it makes Mm -hmm. it move. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But little Abby's ass done made friends. So she's trying to get them a ride. (laughs) What'd you think of like, what'd you think of that part? I loved it. My note there said, oh my God, Abby really got the gift of gab. Then I typed out personality. Because I, <laughs> me personally, if uh, if that was me and Angel, we would have been stranded. Because I wouldn't have made no friends on the bus. Uh, it's just, yeah. all right, girl, we're going to have to walk the rest of the way or something. Because mm-hmm. this, this ain't going to happen. If that was me and Angel, I would have been stranded. Because I think I would have annoyed her to the point where she would have left me. <laughs> like, 10-year-old Lex could, could annoy a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that. Mm-mm. Now here's because see, this damn this shit was good. It's building. <laughs> so we building. 
they get to these girls that they they these girls they met on the bus, like high schoolers probably or something. Like maybe middle mm-hmm. schoolers. Um yeah, yeah. they go back to one of those girls' houses and they're like, No, my mom can drive you, no big deal. It's very neighborly. It's very friendly. It is, yeah. And I trusted it too because because the girl who said it was black. So I said, Okay, y'all could her mama black too. So black women, we we go, you know, I see two little stranded black girls. I'm gonna try and get y'all to where y'all going. Even if I can't personally mm-hmm. do it, you know, I get you a cab or something. So I, that's when I said, okay, I don't think they're in any harm uh, going with them. Yeah, I didn't suspect yeah. any foul play either because what I think the the people who chose, like the costume designers for these three little girls <laughs> and mm-hmm. also the set designers for the house they went to did a really good mm. job of just queuing up safe suburbia. Like I didn't yeah. feel that they were threatened at all. And when they got there, this is when this is when you you start to see angels like like questioning these beliefs, like questioning mm-hmm. that the belief that she has that this life is really not worth it. Um, right, right. Because she sees just all this like safety and happiness that she clearly has never seen before. You know, yeah. She's walking around the house. She sees this wall full of pictures, like just full of family memories. And you see her shoulders relax a little bit, too, when they get there. Because she's like, okay, here's some... I guess this is kind of normal. All the girls take their shoes off before they walk in the house. Angel's like, can I, you know, use the bathroom? She walks around the corner. She stares at the that, like gallery wall for a while. And her shoulders kind of, like, soften. She's like, huh. Mm-hmm. They look genuinely happy. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, like, that's just so good. Because that's a subtle cue. A gallery wall in a house is a telltale sign that there's some, either there's just a lot of money or there's just yeah. love in the house, you know? Yeah. I yeah. didn't grow up not even half as traumatized and like, like troubled as Angel did. Like the, the, even just the concept of one parent killing another is that's, mm. that's way out of my wheelhouse. That's, that's, that's yeah. so much, <laughs> but we never had a gallery wall. Like <laughs> picture frames is so like, I wrote about this the other day cause I have a gallery wall in my apartment and, like, sometimes I just really lament on things that I can afford to do now that I couldn't in childhood. Like, you know, when I buy a new pair of sneakers, like, I show everybody because I'm like, look, uh-huh. I, I got more than one pair of shoes. Like, yeah, yeah. And I felt the same about the gallery wall because I was like, you know, growing up, you know, how your little cousins distribute their school day pictures and shit. Mm-hmm. We would just have a bunch of pictures, like, Lean like bare, like naked pictures, <laughs> just leaned up against the fireplace mantle or tucked into like you know the picture frames that sit on the shelf. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. So it'd be a big picture frame. And you tuck the wallet pictures on the side. I'm pictures sorry. like stuffed into the mirror or taped up like over something or something. Like mm, we never had mm-hmm. any like picture frames that hung up on the wall, and that's just like a that. That really, that's why the cue was so immediate for me. I was like, oh, yeah, see, this is like, she never seems to shit like that. <laughs> ah, see, that's, that's a good point. Mm. Yeah. Well, this one things get spicy too. Oh, yeah. Uh, when they get to that, because you know, it's if it's one thing about teenage little girls, because I used to be a, a little teenage girl, is we stay in other people's business and we can't <laughs> always catch a hint when we shouldn't be in somebody else's business. Um, so. <laughs> They're asking Abby and Angel all these questions, you know, like, oh, my God, like, did you call your dad? Let him know you're here, you know, so he can come pick you up. You know, they give their excuses. He doesn't have a phone or, you know. Um, he at work. He, he at work, whatever. And they go, the girl goes, it's fine. I'll look him up. I'm really good at finding phone numbers. Oh, my girl. God. Girl. 
catch a hint. The pacing she, on this scene was so good. It was so good. What's your dad's name again? Your last name is what? Lemaire? What's his name? John? Okay. She's so good at finding phone numbers. She's wait, she's gonna find it. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm like, no, no, they don't want yeah. you to find it. And, you know, the black girl, her mother comes home. She's trying to, you know, figure out how to get Abby and Angel to their next destination. And while she, you know, trying to figure that out, this other little white girl says, oh, my God, wait, John Lemire. I found it. Murdered. <laughs> arrested for the murder of his wife, father of two children. And Angel, you know, she's trying to get the phone out the girl's hand to stop reading. She knock over, knocks over this concoction they have made to drink in some kind of truth <laughs> or dare game. And... The next shot, we see them outside the house because they got to <laughs> yeah. get the hell up out of there. Let's get the hell up out of there. Yeah. And this is where things really get, like, really get into it with these two sisters. Because, like you said, mm-hmm. Abby's been kind of just a uh, go with the flow. Like, she hasn't yeah. been very assertive. So she has some, somehow had the time <laughs> to make Angel a homemade birthday card, which is where <sighs> I started tearing up again. Mm-hmm. Because this was also, like, shit that I would do as a kid. It's like, you are special to me and I love you. <laughs> and I tricked you to come uh, out here with me for a mission. But, like, it's really a surprise for you. Yeah, Ooh. that's exactly what I would have <laughs> did. Um, so she, hand, so Abby hands Angel the card. And she's like, I remembered it's your birthday. Happy birthday. I, I didn't want you to think I forgot. And actually, that doesn't live anywhere out here. Um, yeah. Less, I just wanted to go to the beach. Mind you, Angel's already on thin ice because her PL told her plain and simple, don't cross state lines. And they asked, is, is in Jersey? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. <laughs> Angel, hello. You, that's how you know she was willing to risk it, all, risk it all. And at that point, it still didn't hit me that she was trying to kill this man. I don't know why I didn't pick up on that earlier. I'm just like, okay, Angel, like. <laughs> I know you mad because you're not going to have a place to sleep tonight, but, like, just let Abby do something nice for you. And I'm still trying to figure out, like, what is up with Angel in her mental state and, you know, not uh, figure it out 20 minutes later. Oh. See, I was still yeah. in it with Angel because I was like, Abby, you cannot be playing. Her PO is going <laughs> to lock her ass right the fuck back up. You need to tell her mm-hmm. right now where y'all daddy at. <laughs> and <laughs> so they have a fight. And little Abby, uh, Miss Tatum, <laughs> showed us about acting. Yeah. <laughs> Both yeah. of them did, but little Abby, little Abby brought it out. Shawty said, what <laughs> <laughs> what got me, because you know, kids, kids will just get right to your uh, <laughs> they'll just go right for the jugular. <laughs> she said, You're a bitch and a fuck up, and you think you're the only one alone. And then it just dawns <sighs> on Angel. It took that long after seeing how that group home looked. And the mm-hmm. conditions Abby was living in, it took her that mm-hmm. long to realize Abby hurting just as much as you. She's just trying yeah. harder. <laughs> yeah. Abby realized she still got something to live for. You have lost your will for life. You know, mm-hmm. Abby's like, look, I know our situation is really messed up, but I mean, I'm only 10. Well, she was 10 or 11. I'm like 11 years old. And I don't, I don't want this to be the end for me, even though, like, it really, really sucks, like, what's happening right now. Yeah. Yeah. So they do end up getting to the beach because, I mean, they have missed the bus. They have to wait for the evening bus now. And this is where, uh, this is the scene where that brought me to tears. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
at the beach, you know, Abby's excited or at least happier that Angel, you know, decided to go still and they can have some quality time together. And, you know, Abby wants to get in the water, have a good time. The water's freezing. Uh, she <laughs> convinces Angel to get in because Abby's cool. And how could you really say no to her? And when they get in that water and it's just like the the music and that montage of like 30 seconds to a minute, however long of them just like having real fun with each other and just like loving each other. That's when I said, oh my God, look at these sisters in the water. Mm-hmm. And they, and I, I mean, the waterworks just came down for me. I just said, man, Angel, for the first time in the whole movie, she like really smiled and laughed and I said, this too much. And I had to hit yeah. pause and wipe my tears and get it together because it was beautiful. <laughs> it really was. I I really appreciate you calling out that that part because there were so many great shots at at mm-hmm. the beach scene, and it made me recall so much recent film where water has been the motif, like recent black films. Mm. So like thinking about, of course, Moonlight because this gave me yeah. those teas. Also, mm. waves, waves. Also, yeah. I don't know if you've seen this. I know you're not big on um, foreign films. This is a French Senegalese film. Atlantics. Mm. I have not seen that. About like the beach and like the ocean being a motif like that. And mm-hmm. it just really and also the last episode of This Is Us. Oh, oh my God. That was those writers never miss. What an episode. <laughs> God. Yeah. Water <sighs> is like a surefire, like like I've, at sometimes it feels like God put the water here first to write about it. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I know? mean, look, look at. Um, well, hope I don't get this wrong because I did go to Sunday school. Um, Moses, oh. you know, part in the Red Sea. <laughs> did he not part the Red Sea? Was that right? Yes, and yes, yes. <laughs> okay, I'm tr- I'm trying to back up your point about God putting the water here for us to write about. Hello. I don't know where I just don't know where you're going with it. <laughs> okay. Well, I was gonna do Moses and then um Noah and the Ark. Those are my two points I wanted to make. We can continue. That was I, wanna... I just I'm sorry I got defensive. Sometimes you get you sometimes you get crazy. Like sometimes you say stuff and I didn't know if you were gonna bring up 90 Day Fiance or something. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I won't. So we can move on. Cause if you think about it, because then you you traveling across the water for love. But whatever, it's always a connection. So, <laughs> even despite this, so this is where Abby finds the gun. She mm. accidentally fires it. Also, I got so scared. Ooh, I did too. I got so scared because I said, if that's if that's the trauma y'all want, is for me to pan back over and Abby sitting over there in the sand, bleeding out. I'm turning this off. I was yeah, I was dead set ready to turn it off. <laughs> I didn't want to. You know that. what I was hoping? I was hoping. And I think it would have been unrealistic for the character, um, but I was hoping that Abby was going to find it, just bury it, not say nothing. Mm. And then, like, they probably, like, they get pulled over or something, and, you know, Angel's like, it's not mine! <laughs> right. And there's no gun. Like, I was expecting it to go that way, but no. Mm. They talked about it, and Angel still, you know, kept the gun, put it in her purse, and leaves Abby on that evening bus and gets off. Yeah. To yeah. go to their dad's house, which she finds out is their old childhood home. Just like, what kind of sociopath? Ugh. After you killed this woman in in this same home where your children saw you murder her, you get out of prison for lying about something or whatever. 
and then you move back into the same place you, where you murdered somebody? That's crazy. Oh, no, that's crazy. He does provide an explanation for that, um, but I, let's get to that part. So this is what I call the showdown. When she, when Angel mm. gets, she's left Abby, you know, she's alone, and she's still mm-hmm. got the blicky in, her, in the bag, and she gets mm-hmm. to the house. He sees her outside, lets her in. Now, this is, the note I have is it's a masterful scene because, yeah. number one, to write a scene, it's just so tense. Like, Mm. To write one character going to kill another character, a daughter <laughs> going to kill her dad, and they eating soup and shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's so tense. And that, like, now I have to credit the actors because, wow, it was per- but it was like little things. So, her father, he, his guard is clearly down because I'm. He's not suspecting that Angel's coming to kill him, and you know, she's helping him at first make dinner or whatever, but he's sitting at the table eating the soup they made. She's just looking at him. And he, like, has no questions about it. it. It was so tense. And then at one point she goes, you know, runs to the back room, and he's up in the front watching TV. Like, she just needs, maybe she needs to rest. No, she contemplating her plan. She getting her gun ready to come up to the front and shoot you. Yeah. Was, and yeah. when she's in that back room, we get the like car ocean wave thing coming right back around mm. the motif of that. And also just in the tense, in the tense parts of the movie, she would close her eyes. Cause that's what her mom said. If you close your eyes tight enough, the, yeah. the cars going by sound like ocean waves. And that's kind of like her, um, like mantra for staying calm, like her anxiety right, type right. of remedy. And right. she comes back out though. And I'm thinking she's going to go back there. Wusa and just leave. No, she comes out. <laughs> Blicky in hand, points it right at him. And mm-hmm. he's, you know, what else he's supposed to do other than put the gun down? Like, right. <laughs> no, John, on, let's Angel. talk about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. My oh. favorite thing about this scene, favorite thing about this scene is that she actually shot the gun. It, it mm-hmm. released some tension and it, because at this point, I was sure she wouldn't kill him because I felt that that the, the prior 24 hours had convinced her that life was worth more than throwing it away, like, in prison. Right. So, but her shooting the gun renewed my, uh, like, my anticipation or my antsiness because I don't know now. I thought she was going to go through yeah, with it. Yeah, because I don't know now. And it also woke his ass up. Yeah, because she shot a warning shot. Yeah, and I thought she shot him in the knee, but it was just a warning shot. Like, oh, no, nigga, I'm not playing. This this gun got bullets in it. So, like, we going to talk it out before I kill you. I said, oh, here it go. <laughs> the, the, the thing that let the tension out, he asked, what do you want from me? He's like, what do you want? Like, what do you want, Angel? And she says mm-hmm. nothing and leaves his stupid ass there. Yep. And, you know, I got scared. Not not scared like horror movie, but scared like they was going to ruin the movie because I thought... And arrest her. Yeah. I thought that the the camera was going to pan out, which is also our biggest gripe about Goldie. The camera mm-hmm. just pans out and the movie's done with no real conclusion. <laughs> like what? But no. We get her arriving back in Philly, mm-hmm. you know, and little Abby is sitting on the group home porch. She goes straight to little Abby and they just see each other and they make eye contact. And it 
it's very clear what the conclusion is and that she changed yeah. and she got a renewed will to live and she wants to give it a try and wants to yeah. put her past behind her and take care of her sister and that, and that's and at that point i had nothing but praise to give to the creator and writer yeah. for this movie it was really really well done from beginning to end and unlike goldie was told with some empathy um and some actual you know like heart behind the movie because that white man who made goldie i think he you know slick woods is in it she has a big name he just wanted to make some grungy shit yeah this was shot in philly i think but it it didn't feel like it was trying to be hard like goldie was it's like angel really did have a really hard life and so does abby so sydney now, here I have for you a question. Now, this question's been mm-hmm. very hard for you in the past couple of episodes because we keep watching movies where either all the talent's on 100 or um, the opposite might have been true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this is the, more, this is the former, <laughs> all the talent's mm-hmm. on 100. But I have to ask you, who came to act? I am continuing to base this nomination off of a character that really left a lasting impression on me. Um, And as I say, left it all on the screen. And for that reason, uh, I would like to nominate Miss Tatum Hall for this week's Who Came to Act Award. Uh, She played Abby. And I have a runner up because I think she also did a stellar job. Uh, Dominique Fishback, who was Angel. I've seen her in some other stuff, too, uh, prior to this. I think she's a really great actress, too. So I didn't want to leave her out of this week's Who Came to Act award ceremony. But Tatum, really, I've never seen her in anything else prior. And I can't wait to see whatever, like, whatever else she gets cast in. Because that's an actress right there. An actress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Little Mama came and did it. So clearly, I agree. Yeah, this did. is our second... Um, we have a precedent for this. When we did Morris from America with Craig Robinson, we did a ah. joint who came to act for him and uh, Marquis Christmas in that movie. And yeah. I think this is the most apt application of that joint award again, because I felt yeah. the tease. Like, I felt like the kind of Morris from America tease too, where the older person and the younger person are going through the same thing, same storm, but in different boats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, different stages of life. So yeah, and because I also just this uh, screenwriter and Angelica, yeah, Angelica's her name. I didn't realize that she was the founder of the Shave Room until <laughs> afterwards. So go ahead, <laughs> though. Good, like yeah, like you doing it, girl. So keep writing and keep giving us, yeah, you know, yeah. all the latest and greatest in the Black community. So let's go ahead and wrap up. Uh, thank y'all for listening. And look, look, if you want to see something good this right here mm-hmm. <laughs> cut this on and it's on netflix i have some friends who complain because we do a lot of amazon <laughs> prime movies even though mm-hmm. y'all buy packages all the time from amazon go ahead and give them your money you do it anyway get your two-day shipping and your black indies mm-hmm. <laughs> we're not gonna call i'm not gonna call you out this time but if you bring it up again in the group chat about how we don't do enough netflix movies i'm calling you out i'm yeah. gonna say your name on air and yeah. you know who you are. 
<laughs> yeah. And that's that's a subtweet to, <laughs> to someone who has access to our like telephone numbers, but to our listeners who access us through Twitter and Instagram, if you guys like I, look, I'd be trying to dig and I find stuff and Sydney finds stuff to put on the movie list. But if you ever see a black indie deep in the bowels of Netflix that you want us to cover, go ahead and send it to us. Please hit us up on we Twitter. Will watch it. Yeah, Instagram. Send us an email. Whatever you whatever form of communication you are comfortable yeah. with, let us know and we'll add it to the list. Yeah. And quick note, while I'm talking directly to the listeners, I just be noticing we have one listener in Iowa. <laughs> And I want to know who you are. <laughs> I don't know anybody from Iowa. This is I don't I don't want to put you on the spot because it seems that you listen frequently, and I, I just want to know who you are, and to thank you and to make a friend in Iowa. <laughs> yeah. So that's not authorized. I didn't tell Sydney that I was going to do that. You really didn't. But shout out to you, Iowa. <laughs> I, I'm trying to think who, who do I know anybody who lives in Iowa? In Iowan, is that how you say it? Iowa. What is it? Iowa. It's not. It's Iowa. But I'm saying, look, somebody from Iowa is a what? Oh, an I- Iowan. 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 Well, let's no? go ahead and cut this off. Um, okay. <laughs> we just want to make <laughs> friends with a, with an Iowan. <laughs> All, right. All right. Thank y'all. Peace. Bye, y'all. <laughs> Thanks for listening. To join in on the conversation, meet us in the Twitter streets at TNCC Pod or over on Instagram at New Chitlin Circuit, spelled C H I T L I N. And to keep up with our latest, visit our website at thenewchitlincircuit.com. Oh.